News Talk ZB 12.27, one of the true greats of New Zealand sport announced his retirement on Thursday, ending a career that has made him one of our most decorated athletes. Hamish Bond is a three-time Olympic gold medalist in rowing in the Coxless pair with Eric Murray in 2012 and 2016, and then in the eight at last year's Tokyo Games. It's going to be a glorious day for New Zealand rowing. Take on the winners, and it will be gold for New Zealand for Eric Murray and Hamish Bond. They have their reward for all that work down the years. No doubting the gold medalist Olympic champions, the first gold for New Zealand at this Olympics. New Zealand Olympic champions, two-time Olympic champions. Amazing result from them looking like New Zealand, it really is, and their third gold medal in the rowing, first for the men here at Tokyo 2020, it's the Kiwis coming up to the line. Hamish Bond is also an eight-time world champion, he and Murray completing the unprecedented feat of 69 straight wins across two Olympic cycles, and speaking of cycling, he also nipped away at one stage to take that up, winning bronze in the time trial at the 2018 Commonwealth Games. But the curtain has come down now on the glittering career of Hamish Bond, who joins us now on News Talk ZB. Hamish, the announcement came this week, but when did you make the decision to retire? Um, I think, you know, in the lead up to Tokyo, it was pretty obvious to me that it was going to be um, my last Olympics. Um, I could sort of, you know, the amount of mental discipline that it was. Re- required to sort of keep the training up at a really high level I think just with other priorities creeping into my life you know like that rowing used to define me and it was my sole purpose but um, you know that balance was starting to shift and um, with that it was was, um, becoming more difficult and uh, you know just sort of was looking for one big push through to Tokyo and then you know it took a little bit of time just to make sure that it was the right decision. So are you are you at peace with it now do you do you feel like it it is the right call? I think so. I think so. I mean, yeah, I'm at peace now. I mean, hopefully it stays that way. Um, yeah, the reality is I just, I I don't, um, I, there's a part of me that thinks, yeah, I, I physically maybe I could carry on, but I think the hurdle would be that I don't want to be there if I'm not at my best and I know what it requires to be at my best. And to be honest, it's taking more and more time to be at my best just through the amount of preparation that you have to do in uh, the over 30s to be able to maintain and sustain the training. So going forward, that was only going to increase. And, and the reality was that I wasn't going to be able to probably give it the time that I was required to be at my best. So if I'm not at my best, um, yeah, I, I think I'm better not to be there. Mentally, I mean, we, we look at rowing and, and cycling as well as, as extremely physical sports where the, the physical exertion is is uh, beyond the capability of most of us. But, but tell us a bit about that mental challenge and, and being able to perhaps prepare yourself mentally if you were going to embark on another Olympic cycle. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a willingness to turn up day in, day out and, and do what's required. And it's, um, it is a very quite a structured regime with rowing, especially in a crew boat, because, you know, you can't just have everyone deciding they want to train at different times because it just doesn't work. So, um, you know, you need to be there at a certain time and um, for so many sessions a week, and it is quite rigid. And, um, you know, with that takes a a lot of mental discipline. And the training itself, um, you know, you build into it. You start off at school level and the volume and the intensity sort of creeps up over time. 
Um, but it's yeah, it's 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 I guess it's the ability to be able to plug away behind the scenes for long periods of time, and then you know you come out half a dozen times a year to sort of display your uh, what you've been working at for the for the other twelve months of the year. Eric Murray, I heard say once that he'd never met anybody who could endure pain like you could. Where does that ability and that internal fortitude come from? Oh, look, I mean, I'd say Eric's probably not too bad at it himself, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I suppose you can't meet yourself necessarily. Um, yeah, like, I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, it's hard to know how what, what, what you feel versus someone else, you know, as my... Is my seven someone else's five, or you know, like a, you just don't know where you're, where you are on the pain scale. But I, I think, you know, my particular strengths were aerobic capacity. That was where my my strength lay. So um, I could have a high output um, and do it quite efficiently, and still, you know, keep my heart rate under control and not, I guess, burn too many matches. So that was where my particular strengths lay. And, and I may not be pulling the hardest at the start of the race, but I'll I'll probably, well, if, yeah, I'll probably be pulling the hardest at the end and probably certainly through the middle. So, um, yeah, I, my absolute raw power and ability was limited, I guess I would say, in some respects to a lot of the guys who we compare against in the national team, you know, in terms of out-and-out power, um, I'm not particularly strong. I'm not particularly strong in the gym, but it's the ability to, I guess, not slow down. That that was my strength. You and Eric spent so much time together. Did you ever or or often disagree? Um, yeah, certainly at times. Um, but I think, fortunately, less than we than we did agree, and we were aligned. I think we certainly had a mutual respect of each other, and that's the best part, uh, place to have the foundation of a partnership, you know, mutual respect and uh, understanding that the other person's going to work hard and turn up on a daily basis, I think is um, a good a good place to start. Um, and, yeah, I, I can't think of probably our, our one point where, you know, Eric had a son back in 2011, and at that point in my time, um, you know, I was just a... Uh, the inconsistencies around training during that time, I, I wasn't too pleased about. But, um, you know, in hindsight, having uh, children of my own, it was quite incredible what he was able to do under, you know, well, with a son and, and family commitments um, alongside of what he was trying to do at elite level. So I sort of got a taste of that the last few years on my own. And, um, you know, it really was quite impressive how he was able to, to turn up. And I, I probably do owe, owe him an apology for being so hard on him at times. He um, he obviously called it a day uh, a few years ago now. Did you ever seriously try and coax him back? Um, yeah, on a few occasions, to be honest. Um, and that was, yeah, I guess once I came back to the sport in the eight and I was really trying to drive that campaign and it was just about, I guess, manpower and experience. Um, you know, like I obviously, to, to me, Eric was a proven quantity, but... Perhaps at that point, um, you know, he he let himself slip pretty fast. I still think he could have made it back. You know, it would have taken him a bit of time to to lose the lard around his around his guts. But you know, I think he could have made it back. But uh, the reality was that his time commitments to his family, so his son, um, you know, has autism and requires a bit more. Uh, 
you know, effort from from Eric, I guess, and you know that wasn't getting any easier. So it really would have been logistically quite challenging for him. So um, I think he was quite happy to, you know, I mean, to walk away, I guess, as he did at the top um, after Rio. How did the satisfaction of winning gold with the eight compare to what you felt winning gold in the pair a couple of times? Um, yeah, quite. I, I guess it was nice to share at the moment, I suppose, with you know, essentially eight guys, be it seven rowers and the Cox, who had, who had never, none of them have ever, ever won a world championship or, or um, Olympic medal. So to to share that success with the others and sort of see their jubilation was, was something special. And it actually brought it back for me. So um, our first ever world championship win way back in 2007, um, not in the pair but in the four, you sort of got that unexpected... Yeah, we were a little bit of a dark horse, I suppose, um, or not out-and-out favourites. And you get that that sense of achievement. And to be honest, a lot of the time in the pair, maybe bar the first year to a degree, we went in as, as massive favourites. And really, in that position, all you can do is meet expectations. So you just don't get that um, you know sense of jubilation and, and sort of... Uh, unbridled emotion that you get from an unexpected victory and, and that was something that I guess we you know we hoped we could do well and I knew it added up on paper but to actually pull it off on the day um, you know I, I, I must admit halfway down the track when we sort of popped out in front and I was sort of pulling you know more or less as hard as I could you know like I was, I was pulling hard and but it wasn't actually yeah, I wasn't burning a whole lot of matches. It was feeling easy, as as easy as it could be given the situation. You know, like I felt I'm 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 comfortable being uncomfortable. That's that's sort of what you're looking for is to be you know in control. Um, you know, happy to be working hard, happy to be swinging on it, and you're out front, and you know I've got enough gas to sustain this to the finish line. And at that point, I was just hoping I hope everyone else has as much as you know as much gas as I do, and and. Fortunately, they did, and um, you know it's why. Yeah, that's the thing. And and eight, you sort of, it's a real momentum game. You know, you get out in front, um, everyone sort of gets an extra five percent, and it doesn't like us. Yeah, you know, it just doesn't hurt quite as much, and um, you can sort of see crews coming and um, absorb a little bit of pressure, and it it just makes it all a little bit easier. So everyone sort of just uh, leveraged off that. Yeah, what a feeling that must have been. What a uh, <laughs> what a feeling it was watching it from back here. Hamish, when you look back. Uh, on on what you've achieved over the past couple of decades, and then you think about yourself as a as a young Hamish Bond who first jumped into the boat. Could you ever have imagined what you have been able to achieve? Oh, not at all, not at all. Um, you know, like when I started rowing, I have no family history or connection with the sport, so my only real knowledge at that time, I think Rob Waddell had just won the single at Sydney. So I sort of, oh, okay, boat's going that way, person's facing that way. Just trying to work out the physics of it all um, and probably spent the first 12 months continuing to do that. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, it just one thing led to another. I obviously wanted to sort of be the best at my, at my school, you know, or even at my age group at, at school. And then it became about winning sort of national secondary school titles that sort of became towards the end of my schooling that became a, a possibility and then making New Zealand age group teams maybe and then, you know, at that point I was thinking oh, you know, if I could make the senior team that would be pretty cool but then making the senior team and then the, I guess the big shift for me came 
with that win in 2007, my first year in, in the team 2006, we, we did okay, but I think we came seventh or eighth at World Championships. And to be honest, at that point, I, my first year, I, I turning up on the senior scene and, um, you know, like my my sort of legs are as big as the arms of some of these Eastern <laughs> Europeans. I'm like, I, just, I just felt like a bit of a fish out, an imposter, I guess, you know, a fish out of water. I, 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 I don't, I, you, oh, yeah, I, I questioned whether I belonged at that level, or certainly at that point, even though my, I guess, empirical, you know, ERG testing numbers, they were good, and they, they indicated I did um, belong at that level. You just, you, you sort of, it was hard to convince yourself, especially, when you start a race and everyone gets out, well, not everyone, but a good, the best crews sort of just seem to row away from you effortlessly, and you're like, well, I'm trying as hard as I can, but it's just it's not working. Um, so that second year where we, we really struck on a great rhythm and we just had a, an out-and-out out great year that sort of snowballed to a world championship, that was you sort of need to fluke your first win to give yourself a little bit of self-belief, and that was certainly what happened for me. You know, like Once you get that first win, you're like, oh, okay, you know, I do belong here, and that's just where the expectations of of what <clears throat> what you know your goals for each season. That's where they sort of switch for me. And from that point on, you know, that was that was the expectation was was gold um, at the pinnacle competition. Uh, and I guess I was very fortunate to have that as my expectation, and then not only have it as an expectation, but live up to it. You know, uh, the vast majority of the times that I turned up at senior competitions. You've been driven by this this deep competitive, you know, passion and and fire for what a decade and a half now, and if not longer. So, how are you going to replace that? What's going to fuel your competitive fire now? Um, yeah, well, I, I don't know. I, I I like to think I might be able to sort of compartmentalise that or or park it. You know, I I suppose I'm take competitiveness outside of the sport, but I I, I also like to think I can sort of leave it at the door in some respects and and um, yeah I was very very competitive and that was probably a hallmark if you ask any of my teammates um, you know I could smell I was good at smelling blood in the water you know like if you give me a sniff I'll, I'll go for the kill every time and for me that was um, part of it I guess was setting a benchmark for teammates but and the other half was you know giving myself confidence because I, I really fed off confidence I like to turn up uh, to a race knowing that I've done the work and I've I've got the re- results and the and the times and the performances behind me before I get on the start line um, because I was never a big believer in, in miracle performances or that wasn't how I operated there was the odd rower who you know, sort of just happened to be able to pull it out of the bag when they needed to, but I didn't feel like that was something that I could do. I, I just, you know, met, expect, met my own expectations, and fortunately they were very high. Mm. And so now then, I mean, I don't expect you to tell us what the rest of your life might contain. You might not even have worked that out yet, but uh, but will you stay involved in, in sport? I presume you'll stay active. Uh, will you stay involved in, in sport in some way, shape or form? Yeah, like I certainly intend to stay active. I, I, I want to maintain, you know, my my health. And unfortunately, it's hard to curtail the elite um, sport eating regime uh, right on the head. So I'm having to instead of you know having my eating match my training at the moment, I'm having my training match my eating. So I'm in an okay point at the moment. I haven't sort of let it go yet. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, I'm just sort of training for health. I'm. Um, at the moment, just been doing uh, alternating sort of a strength day and an aerobic day and try and do an hour a day, six days a week. So for me, that's really manageable. And um, 
you know, sort of well under half my uh, you know, elite training level, and um, it's it seems quite manageable at this point. So I, I'd like to stay um, involved with the sport. I think it's healthy to take a little bit of a break, um, just get a bit of perspective. You know, high-performance sport can be quite an insular environment, and it's good to sort of step away and gain some other life experiences and, and as I said, perspective and um, but you know the sport's given me a lot. I mean, I've I guess I've given quite a lot of to the sport in some respects as well. But I, I feel as I've learnt a lot, and um, it would be a shame just to keep that to myself. Congratulations on an absolutely stellar career. You've, you've I'm sure got no idea just how much joy and pleasure you've given a, a legion of New Zealand sports fans. Hamish, thanks so much for being so generous with your time. I really enjoyed the chat. Cheers. No worries.